Hey, it's Bilal Vakani at BilalV87 on Twitter. Is AW Dynamite better than NXT? Two Montreal comedians join me now, and uh, they might think so. We got Reese Turner at RE. Reese said with an extra E. How you doing, Reese? Good. How are you, brother? Uh, pretty good. I got to talk to you guys. Uh, Lawrence <laughs> Corbett's coming up. He's at Lully, L-U-L-L-Y-514. How you doing? Very good, brother. How are you? I think you guys are effing crazy to like AEW as much as you do, but you're the most I'm famous all... comedians to get me on Facebook. So we'll talk about it, all right? That's amazing. Looks forward to it. All right, boys. <laughs> so here's what I'm going to do. You're very busy comedians. And by the way, I'm putting in a 20-minute time limit in honor of the overlord, uh, Tony Khan himself. And go. what I'm going to do, I'm going to rip through AEW, spoil it for both of you guys, and then we'll have <laughs> a bigger discussion. So feel free to kind of, you know, maybe – in your head, kind of pick out where, uh, you know, if there's anything I don't get to in my snotty uh, recap, we'll get into it. I'm going to fire through this in the worst recap possible for AEW. You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. We open it up with Tony Schiavone. Yes, Mr. WCW. He is meeting Cody Rhodes and Dustin. They're coming off the jet. And uh, does he have a handheld mic? No, they're already wearing lapels because this is clearly preset in a stupid uh, concept and I'll tell you right now this is Triple H um, we would be feeling very different about this but anyways uh, he's teasing up his big uh, signing with Chris Jericho and all I can think is Tony Schiavone is a kiss ass they walk off <laughs> together and then we get the recap of last week's main event which was a draw the great AW tradition in the vein of soccer then John Moxley is visiting with Tony Khan and this has a very Bret Hart Shawn Michaels feel in only that we don't see them and it's just voices and they're in some room because they're cowards much like Vince McMahon <laughs> on back in the day so basically blah 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 and it turns out Moxley's very upset about this draw he's talking about an unsanctioned match I assume this is with Pac no it's his match with Kenny Omega because what happened last week with Pac apparently has nothing to do with this we go to the show opening Jarrah explains that Tony is on assignment and that assignment is I assume uh, giving Cody Rhodes a blowjob and they then plug that Rick and Morty will be there which you know I guess you guys are the Rick and Morty of my podcast I'm more excited to have you guys here than I was to have Rick and Morty on a wrestling show but anyways Sammy Guevara the quote-unquote best is facing Hangman Page in two guys I've seen way too much of and still don't give a damn about and of course the best ever loses as Hangman Page gets the win and he cuts a promo after and you guys will never guess and I'm going to ask you guys right now who does mm-hmm. Hangman Page cut his promo about? Uh, his full gear opponent, maybe? Yeah, about Pac. Funny, about tw- 10 minutes ago, I thought Pac was facing John Moxley, and now we have two much less interesting matches with no build that I can recall. Also during this match, Jim Ross compared Sammy Guevara to Eddie Guerrero. And screw you, Jim Ross, you're too old to do this, and that's a disgrace to Eddie Guerrero. Um, because this guy's the best in the world who can't win a match. But anyways, uh, these two segments, the first two segments of the damn show already contradicted themselves. They go to pitcher and pitcher, and here's what's in the pitcher and pitcher. Match highlights, they didn't have time for those during the live show. Crowd shots, these were pretty terrible. These were like crowd shot practices that didn't work. The Rock and Roll Express come out. They start talking to private party. This is all happening in the pitcher and pitcher. We never hear any of this. It was like watching pantomime. I don't know what the hell was going on. We then get Shanna who I have never, I'm probably pronouncing her name wrong. She's billed as from France. And in the 10 to 20 seconds we get, 
the commentators, Excalibur and JR, have to explain she's a great new addition. Oh, she's actually born in Portugal, and they stumble over the fact that she was living in France. She's learning to wrestle all over Europe over the last 13 years. At some point, they make a big deal in the match. Oh, she moved to America. What a big deal. That's never happened before. Uh, and she's this highly regarded prospect making her debut. After all that, she looks terrified like a little girl when Heruku Akira, and I definitely got that name wrong because the announcers did, made a great effort not to say it during the match, uh, appeared. And she was only described as being a heartbeat away from fighting for the women's championship and highly skilled. Huh. Funny we didn't get to her until now, four weeks into AEW. There's a neat spot here. I'll give it up to the women's name, who I cannot pronounce, Akira, who had a running knee off a chair at ringside. Uh, awesome. But at this point, JR was like, well, the 10 count should have happened by now. And I actually missed this, JR. So thank you for criticizing AEW for me. I'm glad we agree on this. <laughs> the, when, they went to another pitcher and pitcher. They missed a Hurricane Rana. Shannon's entire comeback, basically. A near fall and almost a superplex. She won on a less impressive knee strike in the ring. Oh, and they forgot the graphics on the replay. Great job, AEW. We then got a backstage package on Brandy Rhodes because apparently all the money in AEW is going to Tony Khan and the Rhodes family. And it was an overdramatic video where it just turned out her and Karma are still working together. And I guess that explains her attack last week, which was so slapped together, I didn't even realize it was Brandy Rhodes until now. We then had Chris Van Fleet, who is basically white American me, uh, introducing the <laughs> Rock and Roll Express, who will be presenting the AEW tag team titles later. Of course, no, they won't because Ortiz and Santana attacked and put one of them through a table. The Young Bucks came out because the Young Bucks do that. We then got Tony and Cody in a limo. And this is where Tony decided to tell some stories from the 80s. And I hit skip during a promo in a wrestling show, which I never do. But I have no interest in hearing Tony's stories from before I was born. Uh, we wow. kept skipping until we finally <laughs> got to Cody. Go ahead, guys. I was about to say, man, I don't know how you're sitting through NXT promos and you're skipping AEW promos. But anyway, yeah, we're gonna get I'll tell you why, because Finn Balor will tell you a mythic tale. He will not tell you about something that happened in the 80s or the 1970s or the 1960s. But moving on, Cody Rhodes, uh, <laughs> he did have a nice line about thinking about his dad and what it meant. But then this just kept going, and I can't even tell you what they talked about because I just zoned out. Uh, we then got John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and QT Marshall the best friends uh, were, would be who they were taking on along with Orange Cassidy. This was where Rick and Morty did kind of an introduction for these guys, but it was kind of sloppy. And I really wish they had just pre-taped it because it was a cool idea. They were dressed up as Rick and Morty and whoever the third guy is in that. There was a cool spot where Orange Cassidy, who seemed as reluctant to be in this match as I was watching it, finally got tagged in, got involved. And he did this. He had his hands in his pocket and did some high-flying moves. It was very cool. But it was basically exactly like what Darby Allen did a week or two ago. So it kind of, if this was a month apart from that, it would have really been special. It just kind of felt like Darby Allen light. Um, they won the match, of course, because I don't even remember the name of the last three guys they were facing in the 10 seconds I've been talking about it. So that was that. We had some random woman who apparently is the lead counsel of AEW. She was front and center for Cody Rhodes and Jericho's contract signing because I guess Tony Khan is afraid of the camera and Tony Schiavone couldn't be excused from that blowjob to Cody Rhodes to sit in the middle of this table. Um, they went ahead, signed their contract. Jericho eventually got on the mic. It took him way too long to get on the mic. Uh, Cody was very over here. I'll give him that. He cut a promo about how they weren't fighting, how uh, they could shake hands. And of course, we cut backstage to Sammy Guevara, who had nothing better to do but to tell us that Hager was attacking Dustin, kind of what we could expect here. 
And that was that. They cut to commercial again before Cody could even get back there. Because, you know, commercials. Uh, the Elite had a very cool 8-bit video. Clearly, they were not concerned about what just happened with Dustin because they were fine to have a match right after this. And they took on Kip Sabian and the hybrid, who I couldn't tell you anything about them, who had about the most generic entrance I can remember in the last little while. Uh, the Elite, of course, won. And this was just a spot fest. I just, I, you know, it's great, but I just, I don't care about these guys. Kenny Omega has this match with Dean Ambrose. He made no mention of it and didn't really come up. And then we had the librarians come out and cut a promo about Halloween. And we were just told they were winless, so they're losers. And within about a minute, uh, John Moxley came out and attacked them. He did not confront <laughs> Moxley, or sorry, did not confront Omega 10 minutes earlier. He decided to take it on the librarians. Dean Ambrose, I like to call him that too, cut a promo about how he was having an unsanctioned match against Kenny Omega, and it wasn't going to count in the records, and he didn't really give a damn. And then he just kept talking for another five minutes, something about being an SOB three different times, and then repeated stuff <laughs> from his promo earlier with Tony Khan. Um, I think we see why WWE kept this guy in a bit of a box, because you give this guy a live microphone, he doesn't shut up. He's like me in this podcast. Uh, finally, the <laughs> World Tag Team Championship happened. Uh, SCU defeated the Lucha Brothers. This only got no. 15 minutes of TV time. And I agree. I think the Lucha Brothers should have won if that's what you're yeah. going. They didn't get entrances, by the way. They just showed up in the ring and had this match and did their little title presentation. Um, JR pointed... Well, here's what they said. There must be a winner, but if this goes past the TV time, it was going to go on social media, which is about the dumbest thing I've heard in this entire broadcast. They did a picture-in-picture, and I just lost all my patience. I skipped this because I started this broadcast an hour late, and I still caught up on my DVR and I'm going to ignore this call. Uh, finally, Kazarian was powerbombed by a very convenient ringside table in a corner. They won via an inside cradle, and your new tag team champions, SCU, with a grand record of 6-3 and three overall. And that's where I'm going to stop, and that's where the show ends quite <coughs> abruptly. Uh, boys, right. initial thoughts, because I'm out of breath. Well, like, uh, I can tell you're not impressed by the rundown. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> You hate AEW, eh? It is the worst thing I watch on television. Yeah, man. I, I actually, like, part of it makes me really want to watch it because I want to see, like, if this is just, just pure hate or if it was that bad. But, like, you have to forgive some of the production errors. They're, they're four weeks old, I mean, mm. for crying out loud. You know, like, WWE is still making production errors, and they're 35,000 years yeah. old. Yeah, not to mention, I understand that you have a lot of gripes about the production, but there is something to be said about the WWE being overproduced. Yeah, like, if there's exactly. a fight backstage and some guy's throwing four punches, I don't need 47 camera edits. I, yeah, don't, need, I don't need to feel like I'm having an epileptic fit while some guy is wearing someone down backstage. Yeah, you know what I mean? Not cute. to mention... Not to mention that NXT is filmed on like this little studio at full sale. So it just feels smaller than AEW. You have lights, you have a crowd, they're in the arena, they're going up to the boxes, they're backstage, they're everywhere. You know what I mean? It feels like a real-time promotion where NXT still feels like the minor league and they're on syndicated TV. Yeah, no, no, very good point. And look, the, the beauty of the WWE product is you can send a, a whole production truck to a cuck on location with Bobby Lashley and Lana, as we saw. Yeah, that's so that, that yeah, was absolutely how you, insane. How do you defend that kind of stuff, man? Oh, no, I'm not going to try. That's, yeah, that's see, so like, sensible. That, that's an you're example talking, if you're talking of about, bad creative. Yeah, if you're, <laughs> if you're talking about uh, AEW not making sense, not linking up, mm -hmm. and having logical errors, 
That whole argument has to be wrapped in a bow and thrown out a gosh darn window. I just remembered I can't swear. So, you know, because everything AEW does, at least it has some sort of purpose or it leads to something else. Like, what's happened with uh, Maria Kanellis and Mike Bennett? What's happening with all these storylines? They just drop them. There's no logic whatsoever. Yeah. So if you're going to take uh, tasks to AEW for not having logic, then you have to take it to NXT and the WWE for doing that a thousand times more often. Yeah, four, four, three decades. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, very good yeah. point. Uh, I, but then, like, like I can understand, like your frustration. Let him get off his chest. That's okay, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. The man yeah, has some it. thoughts. Yeah. Well, I'll do it. Do so, it. So, so let me give some. Let's 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 point this a bit because I think if we just go everywhere, I think uh, you know we'll go from point to point. So let let's go with the Rhodes family because I think yeah. this was the biggest thing that stood out to me in this episode. And look, have have we seen jet shots of McMahon? Hundred yeah. percent. Have we seen Stephanie McMahon? It just happened in the draft. Have we seen too much of Stephanie McMahon? Yes. But I I don't get how they can be this alternative product and be so, like, so derivative in the, the, their storytelling. I get that the matches are real, but even the best, like when Shane McMahon, and I hate to use this example, when Shane McMahon became the best in the world, well, I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, He replaced the Miz in a a (laughs) semi-legitimate tournament. I'm going to use that word very loosely. Uh, in, in Saudi Arabia? That, That's that, a tournament there's a whole other to. podcast where I listen, there's a lot of problems <laughs> in Saudi Arabia, and that's a whole other issue. But I'll say this they have got a women's match happening there. Granted, it is Natalia and Bro. Lacey Evans. And that Bro. is about the last match on either promotion Bro. I want to see at this point. But <laughs> okay. they got women to Saudi Arabia. You know, I, oh. it, it took a truckload of money and ignoring a journalist who was viciously murdered by the government yeah. it took yeah, a yeah, hell yeah. of a lot and, and in a foreign land but yeah, let's but let's think about it this way wwe went there for crown jewel first time no women second time they tried out renee young third time they have a women's match right so yeah. basically what they're doing is they're setting themselves up to be the heroes and we're so progressive we're the one who moved this needle we're the one who yeah. did this saudi arabia is so cool now but if that was the case <laughs> can you really overlook all the other stuff can you really overlook yeah. the fact that it's self-congratulatory? And can you really overlook the oh, fact yes. that, you know, they're not booking women and they're not supporting <laughs> women. And then they're congratulating themselves for the women's revolution and evolution and all these illusions, but they're not yeah. really moving the needle and everything. It's all manufactured. So they look like the good guy or they blame it on Saudi Arabia. Yeah, so for no, me, that, that, that point is moot. And if you want to go back to the Rhodes family, mm. how many years have we seen the McMahons congratulate themselves? We've seen Vince McMahon give himself the world title. We've seen Shane McMahon, even though he's been off the roster for 15 years, show back up and then throw hands with, like, the undertaker and the toughest guys in the company. You know what I mean? After being inactive and being a dad of three or whatever. Stephanie McMahon steps in the ring once every six years, and she's on par with Ronda Rousey. You know what I mean? Like, like they they try and set you up with equivalencies that don't make sense. Yeah, you have to understand uh, that the McMahon family are genetic super beings. (laughs) (laughs) They met a voodoo doctor who granted them all superpowers. Superpowers. Like, have you seen Shane McMahon's traps? He is a millionaire approaching 50. He's got no neck. Yeah, that's why he only wrestles... In, uh, in baseball jerseys because it's a snap under the, the force of his massive trapeze. If that doesn't scream a wish granted, I don't know what does. You know? 
<laughs> oh my god um you guys are so funny i'm gonna lose my my train of thought here multiple times so i'll just move on um let, let's get more into the production because I, okay and i, I told us to lawrence we're hanging out we're waiting for you Reese, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. i have a, a very much a production background i know oh, some yeah. of the guys at tsn who even prior to aw being around uh did the documentary on kenny omega which i still need to watch but from what i heard was excellent and was a really and, and kenny omega is a canadian superstar um, yeah. at some point, you know, give the guy a freaking win and a title shot, but I, I just, how, how can, in this day and age, can your production be this bad? Like where things just fly off the handle where commercial breaks are not managed correctly, where wrestlers go to the ring and you don't even know who they are. Uh, I, I just, yeah. how do you guys look past it? Like, are, are you, how high are you guys during these shows is what I'm uh, I mean, well, I, I'm very, listen, I'm always that way. So it doesn't even count anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, but that's his neutral with, gear right? exactly but with again with such a young company man there's going to be missteps there's going to be errors uh they've got four weeks of live tv under their belts you know what i mean yeah but you uh, say that but they had nine months before this tv deal and listen SummerSlam, SummerSlam, a sign fell off the wall and made uh, and made gene okerland swear live on tv all right <laughs> and, and that was a major pay-per-view so don't yeah. bust balls you know what First i mean this all, is this is this is TNT. This isn't also, exactly uh, highfalutin Fox over here. This your, is your... TNT. You know what I mean? This isn't the USA Network that had burn notice. This is TNT. You're comparing, you're comparing the mistakes of a company that hasn't found their footing against mm. the actual choices of guys who have perfected the craft. So yeah, this it's is gonna the happen. thing. Reese and I had to sit through hell in the cell with red lighting and a red <laughs> ring. I mean, a high out. definition, big yeah. screen TV. We couldn't see a damn thing, I, I, right? I, I, I almost, I almost threw everybody through windows. Do you understand how frustrating that was, Helen? The cell. I, I almost committed murder. <laughs> okay, it was that bad of a fu- that bad of a pay per view. I Thank almost you. swore. Yeah. Do you hear that? That, that was like ninety percent. I swear, like that's this is quite impressive, actually. I think that's Thank you. Thank you so much, Lawrence. I'm sorry for cutting. Yeah, but here's the thing about the production that I that I respect. AEW dark, right? So you're complaining, I don't know about oh my God. and I don't know about this guy. So they yeah. actually film it and they present these guys and they have Tony Schiavone. And it's and free on YouTube. It's it's amazing. Amazing. And then what happens is, so these guys that you don't know because you don't like AEW, you don't dig into the backstories, mm. you don't follow every yeah, part of the fair. project. And you're a busy guy, so I can't blame you on all that. But for I these guys, it. like MJF, who is a complete jerk and the biggest ass in the company. Mm, and what yeah. they did is they sat him down with Cody, who's the only guy he'll talk to, and they put oh, Cameron in his face. And he yeah. talked about why growing up Jewish was super tough and anti-Semitism when he was playing football. And it makes me care about a guy who I still think is a jerk, and I still want to see him get his mush kicked in. But at least yeah. now there's some sort of connection to the guy. I understand his motivation, what formed him into a, a, a bad guy, what made him defensive, exactly. what makes him mean, what makes him callous. You know what yeah, I mean? They're actually developing these characters. Yeah. And the NXT doesn't have that kind of development. You have Kushida. You have Walter. You have Adam Cole. AEW should get smoked by the NXT roster. Mm. These are the best wrestlers in the world. You bring back Finn Balor. You, you're taking talent from New Japan. You yeah. emptied out the entire continent of Europe. And you can't beat AEW that's four weeks old? Insane, so, so let me pick up on that because you brought up an amazing point because we, we talked about Kenny Omega. We talked about these guys. And, and MJF's the best example of this. Here's part of my frustration, too, is how you book these guys, right? You have these guys like the Young Bucks. Uh, I mentioned Guevara. 
These guys who brand themselves as the best. And they're a bunch of losers. Guevara can't win a match. The uh, Young Bucks got knocked out of the first round of this tournament. Like, this, this that- is a bigger problem with narrative. And even MJF is, is buddying up to Cody. And you know he's just going to eventually turn. But just let yeah. him be a jerk for five minutes on the mic every yeah. show. And it's going to be great like, when he does. Uh, yeah, why, exactly. That's why the best. Why this stuff up, though? Why not just do Because, like, as a wrestling fan, as a wrestling fan, you know this, is, like, we take great joy in seeing something coming down the road. And they're letting us see it. We're, we're watching this heel turn develop. You know what I mean? And they're, they're giving it to us. There's been moments, that moment where he could have belted Cody in the head with the chair. Mm. There's, there's all of these moments that are leading up to the turn. Like Lauren said, they gave you that little nugget of hope that, oh, man, he's just like this because of it. And now when the heel turn happens, we're all going to be like, oh, and it's going to create kind of like a Mr. Perfect type of personality that I miss in wrestling. You know what I mean? That guy who's... Uh, you know, holier than thou. He's just big. You know, I love that. I, I, I can't wait. Curtis Axel isn't doing that for you. No, like, no, yeah. Not, I, not like, in any capacity. I, I love the B team, all right? But, like, no, he's, he's doing his father's name a huge injustice. Yeah. Well, and we have to remember, he's a third-generation superstar, too. So, Curtis Axel's in his blood, right? His dad, his grandfather was a wrestler, too. Yeah. But when you, which you're talking about a lot, and there's lots to unpack what you said a lot. Like when you're talking about feuds in MGF, like there's still a lot of nuance in the character and they don't hit yeah. you over the head with everything a million times. Mm. So MGF comes out, he doesn't hit Cody. And then he takes an ass whooping to defend his friend, the only person he has the back of in the company because he brought him in. Yeah. And then what happens is Cody gives him a hug and says, thank you. And then one of the young bucks, I don't remember which, mm. comes over to check on MGF and he swats his hand away. So he's establishing, no, I don't like you. I'm just here for him. I'm not here for yeah. you. So these little character moments, yeah, that's, what, that's, that's what builds it. That's what kind of makes you want to invest in people. And when you're talking yeah. about the booking not making sense, the booking makes all the sense in the world, man, as far as I'm concerned. Pac was supposed to fight Hangman. They didn't get to because Pac wasn't available. So that yeah. match was put on the shelf. And then that was supposed to be part of Paige's build when he was going towards Jericho. And that didn't end up happening. So there's unfinished business between those two. Moxley turned his back on Pac. Moxley doesn't care about winning and losing. So as much as the company's talking about wins and losses, he doesn't care. He's yeah, he, just pretty, he seemed pretty upset. And I know you guys haven't seen this. This is not fair. But I'm going to say it anyways. He seemed pretty upset that this match is not – like this upcoming full gear match is not going to count towards his win-loss record. So like – and I think this is just – and I, I, I think you're right up to a point. But I think they've given him too much leash. They've given Moxley too much time on the mic. And he ends up talking himself out of angles – or repeating himself, and I think he does himself a disservice. And I think that's where they have to manage the guy's these guys. Gimmick, if the guy's gimmick is he's chaotic and sporadic and all over the yeah. place, and he doesn't care about the establishment, and he's just running his mouth, and he just flies by the seat of his pants, that's fine. That's a compelling character. You're not going to see Jericho do that. You're not going to see Omega do that. He's the only guy on the roster who does that. He's the only guy who's a wild card. He's unpredictable. He might attack yeah. his back or walk out of a and match. I, so wins I, might, he might care about a win one week, but not another week, depending on how important the match is, because he knows he's a star, and he knows he has that leash. That's the difference. And also, as you pointed out earlier, he spent the entirety of his WWE run in a box, a creative box, where yeah. like, he, he wasn't really given much freedom. So that, that, that skill set might have gone a little rusty. But, but you, give him, you give him a little bit more time, and he's going to definitely uh, – yeah, it, He's a fascinating character to watch on AEW, and I can't wait to see how it develops. This is the thing about it being so young and these storylines being so young. We don't know where they're going to go. It has to grow organically, and they're not, like, shoving stuff down our faces, which I appreciate. 
All right. You know I'm going mean. to give you guys, in honor of AEW, I'm going to give us a 10-minute time limit. And nobody go old JR. I'm going to go, what's happening? Uh, TV time remaining. Lawrence Corber. <laughs> um, and I'm going to try to set you guys up better because you guys have done a good job shouting me out. And I did a crappy job being like, oh, that was Reese there. Or, uh, that was Lawrence. Um, well, thank you, Blow. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do better in these last 10 minutes here. Just like AEW, I'll turn it on in the last 10 minutes. Not, that's weird. <laughs> All right, so let's, here's what I really want to get down to is taking – and I know it's apples and oranges, but at the end of the day, people have to decide regardless of history, right? Like we mm-hmm. all have short memories now in today's society. So I just want to take NXT and, and take AEW and put them side by side. Uh, the obvious things I'll get out of the way is WWE and their agreement with Rodgers has screwed them up pretty bad in Canada – uh, NXT does not air on Wednesday An hour airs on Sportsnet here in Canada on Friday and then the other two hours you can sort of find on the network Friday night or at least that's what yeah. I've been doing if you guys have a better way to well if you guys have a legal better way to do it let me know and then obviously TSN <clears throat> is taking AEW and but then in the UK it's flipped around because they have mm-hmm. a, a you know you have to get five fight whatever TV otherwise it's airing on Saturday morning in the UK which goes against what they promised um, so, so that's the first thing that's just a technicality. I just want to throw that out there so nobody can say I didn't say it. But here's where I come down. And again, I'm, I'm about as pro WWE guy as I've heard, to be perfectly honest. I'm going to put that out yeah. there. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and, and look, like, you could understand why. They had me at SummerSlam. They let me interview 12 wrestlers. Of course. They gave of course. me free tickets to the events. Yeah. They, yeah. they felt like I, you know, and there's more stuff I could say, which I don't even think I'm at liberty to say, but I think they felt like I was oh. a good uh, journalist to be covering them. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Just, well, yeah, you're, you're very passionate about the product. You have to live with that Saudi blood money, brother, not us. So, you know, Listen, that's what it was <laughs> me and Sam Roberts. That was the Serious XM team that they sent. Well, that's pretty good. That's a, that's a good and team. And I guess Mark, I didn't even see good Mark squad. Henry at the press event. So somehow... I got better Whoa. access than Mark Henry, and I'm not exactly Whoa. old. That's amazing. So you maybe Mark just slept there. in. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, you get, guy. you get Lawrence and I there, and we'll we'll be the the, the negative two that you throw to yeah. every every yeah. second See, the segment. They, they probably don't want that. But the point I was going to get at is when I look at the <laughs> a, when I look at the NXT roster and the AEW roster, and again, yeah. this is very unfair because of the time and the resources WWE has. But when, let, let's just whatever compare them. Finn okay. Balor and his turn last week. I yeah. think is the best thing we've seen on a Wednesday night yet, in my opinion. Of and course. You, yeah, I know. And then you look at the, um, uh, the, the Undisputed Era, and I really love their narrative of going for all the gold, you know, sort of getting it, and, and they got it sort of as NXT came to U- USA Network. They fulfilled their prophecy. Yeah, they we've never seen that one before. I know. You brought kind <laughs> of the UK yeah, stars. Uh, <laughs> it, it just feels a bit like an all-star show to me. And I know they haven't really gone big on the storytelling because they can lend on how much investment people like me have in these characters already. Yeah. Uh, and then they have the option to bring Kari Sane, and I haven't even seen it yet, and Asuka down to defend their titles against That's Tegan Knox, who has a great injury recovery story. And uh, I'm going to forget her partner. Help me out here. Tegan Knox and uh, team of uh, the head of Dakota Kai, uh, the New Zealand, uh, the, the woman from New Zealand. But at the end of the day, take Tegan Knox. She has only been part of this brand uh, coming off her injury since this began. In fact, a few weeks after this began, and they put together a video package. They told you why she was injured. They broke it down. And I don't get why AEW can't take somebody who's not part of the damn Rhodes family, build a video package, not a lot, but for somebody new. Hey, here is the person. Or when they're on commentary, (laughs) and I've quoted some of this to you guys, yeah, yeah. They are an Excalibur. Have twenty seconds to tell you the narrative of the person. <laughs> Don't tell me Sammy Guevara is the best. He reminds me of Eddie Guerrero. Shut up. That's terrible. 
That's Fair enough, but like, I got a question. Yeah, I got go a question for you quick. I got a question. What's the, what's, what's the name of the organization? Uh, which one? All Elite Wrestling, right? Yep. So, like, who are they focusing on? I would, I so, would assume, go ahead. Yep. assume the elite, right? Yeah, okay, does, that's fair. Does, does that, doesn't that really kind of make sense to, to drive the narrative the first little bit? You focus on the elite uh, in All so, Elite Wrestling, and then you that, build the be, ancillary characters around them. Yeah, they're the like, most over. That's a good point. Fair, but they've been yeah, pretty yeah. fair in the way they built the elite, though. Like, yeah, the they built them as over young talent. At the start. Like, but no, you know, really who, who's been a surprise for me that I had no idea was a thing before I started watching AEW was uh, Orange Cassidy. That you didn't like right. to putting his pot, hands in his pockets. No, I know, but I agree with you. He's very entertaining. But, what a pleasant surprise. And also, but, but they um, should eight, do eight. more with him. Like, why is he just. Well, we're like, four weeks he, in, and they have two the hours of television. They have two hours and, of television. Yeah, I know, yes. but how much do we have smart. to see of Hangman Page? I, like, they have spent so but much time on the guys I don't like. That I wish they would have given yeah, me a chance to see someone else. Yeah, but like, here's uh, here's the thing: when Orange Cassidy is admittedly a gimmick wrestler or a comedy wrestler with his hands in his pockets, yep. you know Trent and Chucky are the guys who are going to be leading that team and doing the actual in-ring stuff because they were mm. cutting their teeth in New Japan and the yeah. Independence, right? A guy like Orange, Orange Cassidy, you need him in sport, small bits to pop the crowd give a little exactly. bit of reverence to a team that might not be getting the reaction you want. Or someone like Tegan Knox, sure, they have a great uh, recovery story. Sure, they have a great recovery story with Tommaso Ciampa. Sure, mm. they have all this kind of stuff. But if you're talking about the roster, you're talking about talent, NXT should be smoking these shows. Yeah. No, you're right. Everything should be fire. You're talking about the picture and picture, oh, you missed a Hurricane Rana. I was, I was at a live WWE show. You were at a live WWE show. Yeah. You were at a pay-per-view. I was at a TV taping. When there's a commercial, these guys sit in a chin lock for four minutes. These yeah. guys are Randy Orton, Orton most famously uh, of all. You know, you got to give it up yeah. to Big Randy. Yeah, these guys are sitting in chin locks, and these guys are taking a coffee. These guys are relaxed, man. Where AEW, these guys are doing it for the live crowd, and you get to mm. see it in the picture in the picture. I'm not listening to commercial. How many Kia ads do I need to see? How many Bell ads do I need to see? How many ads do I need to see? I'm trying to watch some wrestling, and I can still enjoy a little bit of something in the corner, which is going to stop me from changing the channel and getting bored. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I think we're winning, Bilal. I mean, <laughs> well, there are, it is a two-on-one handicap match, in fairness. Right. Yeah. You know, and nobody take out the word handicap and me out of context, for the love it, of God. But, but I, no, I'm just saying that I think we've got a combined, like, I think we've got 400 pounds on you. <laughs> oh, in it. terms yeah. of weight, yeah, you know, I'm barely 115. He's fat. Bilal is yeah. yeah. He's wiry. I have bad cardio, though. It doesn't, this doesn't last. Uh, <laughs> Reese and I smoke like uh, twin chimneys in the 1930s factory. You're good. <laughs> okay, so let, let's look at the NXT product a different way because we, we talked about yeah. the rosters. We talked about uh, the storytelling. And obviously it doesn't help them that they're not doing – like, it, you know, NXT has not done a lot in terms of narrative building. Mm. Um, I, I just – you know, even the people they put in – like, I'm coming back to the booking, but even who you decide to push because I'm – you know, Jericho, I love, Chris Jericho was my favorite wrestler growing up. He's like, still the best. He's death. still the man. You watch your next couple of words, Bilal. <laughs> I know. But, and I, I listen, I love Jericho. Jericho's an awesome guy. He went on with my buddy Todd Shapiro. We booked that. He went on SiriusXM before AEW and came on and plugged, promoted it. Was super awesome with it. Awesome. Uh, but I just, you know, to pair him with uh, Santana and Ortiz, who are just thugs. Like, I just, I don't get much out of those guys. Guevara, yeah. who's just... You know, Guevara reminds me more of James Ellsworth than Eddie Guerrero, to be perfectly yeah. honest. That's how I but you that can't, guy. I, I don't understand. Like, you can't see so what's Lyle, happening. What did you do? 
Palau, what did you do? I'm pretty sure that's coming from Montreal. Because that's not a Toronto siren. That's a Montreal. No, no. But yeah, you, I, I, you can't see what they're doing right now. It's like Chris Jericho is is breaking these guys. You know what I mean? Oh, no, I see what they're yeah. doing. And I am not looking gonna, forward to the days where Guevara implode. main events a show. I am like dreading yeah. that day. Yeah, but it's, it's, gonna, it's not going to happen this month. It's going to happen in a year, two years. Exactly. When they He's talk gonna about being the best, even when you lose or something, you're going to be the best because that's what makes you worth beating. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? We're in the WWE. Who oh, you picked up some guy from the UK? Who is Jordan Devlin beating? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just they, are, they have so many interchangeable guys, and they give them bland names, and everyone has the same more or less intro. The thing that yeah, I like, appreciate about AEW is a guy like Jericho walks into a promotion mm-hmm. where it's the Wild West. Everything is barren. There's literally mm-hmm. a guy who thinks he's a cowboy. You know what I mean? And he knows a couple of the guys from his New Japan days. So what does he do? He he knows there are a group of guys that are bound at the hip. So he puts together a group of dudes, two super tough psychopaths as a tag team, a giant heater in Jake Hagar, who looks like a psychopath because they don't like, let him speak and it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And Sammy Guevara, who's a little cocky young Jericho who hasn't developed yet. Yeah, it's such a good young – yeah, I love it. I love it. You know what I mean? I NXT, know. what do you have? Imperium? Imperium. Imperial. So everything that makes – No, I, you know, I'm not even sure. Imperium. That's a fair criticism. Yeah. I mean, it's a, and you know what? You know it's Imperium, and they put it on the the Titantron, and it hasn't even sunk in yet. So you can't even give them points for beating you over the head with it, right? Yeah. Okay. These so let's. Guys, we got five minutes. We got five minutes. Here's oh, what we're gonna do. I, go, go ahead. Let's do another six uh, hours, baby. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I, I, uh, I already got one warning that I'm near the forty minute limit, and they're just okay. The people at Zoom have extended this for us because uh, wonderful. Clearly, somebody's listening, or or I, there's just some automatic algorithm where just they just feel bad for us. It's longer. Um, but here's what I want to say, because I think the best way to look at this in the positive way, because everybody will just read the headline of this podcast and rip it apart and not listen to it. Um, but that's why I put autoplay in the code. So you suckers have to hear some of this. If you're on Firefox, not so much. Um, uh, but that's enough. Enough people use Chrome for me to get free clicks. But what I want to get into, <laughs> I want to give us each a chance, the team of Lawrence and Reese and, you know, me, the, the Baron Corbin of this uh, chat. Uh, <laughs> I want to end this in a good way. So I'm going to give us each a chance to fix. So you guys are going to fix NXT and I'm going to, or WWE, you can go all over WWE and I'm going to fix the yeah. W. And of course I will go first to let you guys collect your thoughts. Uh, I don't know. Like you guys can figure out if you want to divide brands or whatever, start figuring that out. Just mind melt. Um, but here's what I'll tell you. If, if I, if I sat down with Cody Rhodes, first thing yeah. I would do is I'd say, Cody, I don't want to see you. I don't want to see Brandy in the top level feuds. Uh, they're not in title pictures. You can be right below that, <clears throat> but I don't need Triple H and Stephanie syndrome. It's just people will pick that apart too easily. And I think at the end of the day, I don't think Cody Rhodes is a bigger star than Kenny Omega. I don't think Cody Rhodes is a bigger star than John Moxley. I don't think he's a bigger star than Pac. I don't even think he's a bigger star than uh, Hangman Page, who I don't even like, or MJF. And I think the longer <laughs> he puts himself above, and I don't even think he's putting himself above those guys, but the more he runs a quarterback sneak and is like, I'm going to get my world title fine, but then you better lose it in two months because you should not be at the top of this heap. And the same Ooh. thing for Brandy and their women's division is not good. I do not like Britt Baker. She is the most boring woman I have ever heard speak in my entire yeah, life. Yeah, Britt Baker sucks, but her finishing move is on point. Her, I love her finishing move is the pretty hand good. in the mouth? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a nice like combination the mandible, of like a cross Like the rings of Saturn. And, yeah. It's like a rings of Saturn with a mandible claw. Perfect description. 100% yeah. Reese. Like, yeah. I like that, but – 
the Britsburg and I don't know. Yeah, that, the that problem was such is, a yeah. bad attempt to get over in Pittsburgh after Kurt Angle and Corey Graves. She yeah. is the third most famous wrestler in Pittsburgh. And it's only because I can't think of another one. Um, yeah, but that's where I am. And their women's division, Douglas, the Pittsburgh Plunge. He's, he's bigger. Um, their women's division is very thin. Yeah, it is I, very thin I, right I now. I think part sure. of it is how they present it because they haven't given Riho a strong heel to face yet, and I'm sure they have. A what are you talking heel. about? Well, who's the heel who's faced Riho? You tell me. What's Nyla her name? Uh, yeah, Nyla yeah, Rose. Yeah, but that was the match to win the title, and they did nothing with it. Like, if they had had Nyla, I don't know. If they like Nyla's not been on TV since then. Again, how much they do you want them presumed. to do? How much do you want them to do in eight hours? Listen, I don't want to see Britt Baker <laughs> face her. I don't want to see Britt Baker face. Uh, like, we got two to three weeks of Britt Baker. I could have done without. I don't think. I don't think you're gonna have. I don't think you're going to have them face each other because it's you're not going to have two like baby face characters go for that title. They got to develop at least a second heel on that show in the women's division. Like it's like, amazing uh, to me that the only other heel they have aside from Bea Priestley, and I'm not even saying her name right, is her uh, friend who was vaguely thrown in last week. And now you have yeah. Brandy Rhodes and Karma sort of coming in. And actually, maybe yeah. Karma is that person. In fairness, maybe that's, 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 what what I, that's honestly that's yeah, honestly that's where I think it is. So that's maybe they'll exactly. fix that. They're, they're not far that's off. What. But I think the problem is Karma is going to show up and do the dirty work for you know Mrs. Rhodes, and then we're going to be we're going to get Britt Baker and Brandy Rhodes, and I will Perfect. have nightmares. Um, so, anyways, so that's that's the problem. With the women's division, and as for the tag team yeah. division, how are the Young Bucks not in the middle of this title picture? Like, I, I get because, that SCU has been impressive. But yeah, yeah. it really should have been the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros. That's how that how tournament good? should have gone. Nah, not at all. Well, not no, at all. no, 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 no. Like, oh, I, that's, whoa, that's whoa, my whoa, opinion. Whoa. But I just okay. I don't care but about SCU. Seen. You know, like the, okay, the injury angle seen. was pretty good. You know, yeah, but the, it's my great. favorite part of and SCU. You're building up a great tag team. I'll tell you this: the best thing I've heard from SCU is the Barack Obama impersonation. All their other promo work feels derivative to me. They're great in the ring. The injury angle is is it yeah. makes me sympathetic towards them. There's the potential. Yeah for them to actually deserve the tag team titles they have now. But they're probably, in my books, the third or fourth best team on AEW, and they're your inaugural yeah. champions. And that's a problem. Yeah, perfect. Especially but- when you look at uh, WWE and the Viking Raiders, they let them smash through the Raw division of the tag division. The Revival have beaten everybody at one point or another. Okay, 50-50 booking all over the place. But at least you've right. seen them get wins. And the, okay. those two teams feel special. They feel like two of the best teams. Yeah. In the revival. The revival two months ago had a gimmick where they had ass cream and had itchy asses. See, they've yeah. overcome a lot. Back. Just kidding. You know what yeah, I mean? And that, that's that's so. a big thing. And, and like you watch these characters, you you have to give them you have to give them obstacles to overcome. Mm. You can't give everybody everything because oh my god, they're the best tag teams. No, give them something to do for a little bit, man. You can't. It, we're we're eight hours in. We're eight yeah, hours. It would into help this if problem. five people weren't calling themselves the best on AEW and they weren't old losers. The young yeah. guy, Sammy well, Guevara, uh, Tito and Ortiz. No, but it's like year. five guys on your roster. It's like ten percent of your Rick roster Flair. thinks they're the best and they yeah, can't win. Parts. Dude, what are you yeah. Michaels. Hulk Lanny Poffo. Barry Horowitz. Okay, Barry Horowitz. He literally was patting himself on the back and he I know, won but we what, look one match day. his whole career. Like, you you make a very good point. Uh, Curtis Hawkins. Curtis Hawkins and what's his name? <laughs> Zach Ryder. Oh, man. All right, that's more than enough for me. Uh, five minutes, boys. Uh, yeah. and I don't even know where Reese, you want to fix start. the WWE. Yeah, fix the WWE, Reese. Okay, here, here, here's how you fix the WWE. It's gonna be great. Uh, 
Because <laughs> I just Number gave one. up halfway through AEW, so you, you know. Well, listen, yeah, like uh, you didn't talk about fixing it; you just talked about how you hated it. It's okay. No, I wanted. <laughs> I, I said who I wanted in, in title pictures. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, NXT. I think from the problem for me is I'm always going to view it as a minor league product. That's my problem with NXT. No, I think that's fair. I think that's you know what I mean. Still, uh, so they if you want to talk about that, probably, yeah, if you want to talk about main roster stuff, the problem is they've 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 torpedoed everything that they had great and they did it at hell in the cell and made my eyes bleed while they did it. You know what I mean? Like sending Finn Balor down to NXT and making him turn heel. Cool. I don't care about Finn Balor anymore. You know why? Because you made him lose every match he was in on the main roster for the last year and a half. You know, it, it's, they're so good at destroying great angles and they do it surprisingly quickly now. Uh, so I would stop doing that. Uh, if I was the WWE, I would fire almost everybody in creative, uh, and I would hire some people that I guess were fans of wrestling before, uh, because right now I don't, I don't understand. Vince Russo? Uh, no, I'm kidding. No, yeah. No, I just don't, I, I honestly, I, I don't understand three quarters of what I'm seeing in the WWE. I don't get why there's some cuckery angle now. I don't understand it. It's been done already. Like it was Edge, Lita, and Matt Hardy, and it was done way better. You know what I mean? If you talk about derivative storylines, literally Val everything. And Venus and Funaki's wife. Mm, exactly. Literally chopper. everything. Everything that you're seeing right now in current day WWE has been done 40 times, and it's been done better 40 times. You know what I mean? So to, to, to do something different, like focus on a Cody Rhodes-type character, like I tell me you don't love that Dustin Rhodes and Cody Rhodes stuff. Oh, that's, I love the guys. I love the, I'm happy so they're getting a spotlight, stuff. but I just uh, – it's a little too much. It's just it – just, yeah. They're just but, a step you know, above where they should be. You know who's a little too much? You know who's a little too much? Seth Rollins. That's a little too oh, much. Oh, yeah. That's and a lot too see, much. No, no, you're being yeah. very nice. That's a lot too yeah. much. And bury that, that man into NXT. I'd be quite exactly. happy. Bury him to OVW if you can resurrect a, a dead thing. You know what I mean? I, I, <laughs> I, hate, I hate him. I hate him so much. And it's jammed down my face. Like the whole WWE product is like, oh, look, look, this is something really cool that you'll like. Nah, gotcha. Yeah, I was like, that was a rib. That's called a rib. You know who's really good at ribs, Mr. Fuji. And then they just—it's ridiculous. The product is stupid. I, I, <laughs> uh, I can't—I can't be positive about it right now because they've ruined everything that I've liked about it. That's and literally. Fair. When was the last time it, and you were watching NXT and you were literally feeling joy? Like, like AEW. There's a freshness and an interest yeah. in it that we okay. have. Did you watch on that uh, the Long dark time. AEW dark the the women's yeah. four way uh, the women's four way match was great. Uh, I had yeah. a great time with it. Uh, J- uh, Jimmy Havoc uh, and and that match where he took the Tiger Driver onto that folded out steel chair and it looked like the most painful thing I've ever seen in my life. That actually yeah. made that sequence of moves made For Jim Ross. Match. Yeah, that made Jim Ross lose his mind. Do you understand? Like, and I love this character that Jim Ross is playing. This kind of like old curmudgeonly man yeah. that Excalibur is kind of leading through the broadcast. Like, come on, Grandpa. Like, I love this character. He's the Don Cherry of professional wrestling right That's now. That's very fair. But That's less it. like less bigoted. I, I hope. <laughs> I hope for Jim Ross's sake. We need to ask Jim Ross how he feels and, about Swedish players who wear visors. 
<laughs> exactly. And think how perfect, like, I'm literally getting the Monday Night Wars every time, like, in my head, and they're on the same team. Like, I get Tony Schiavone, I get Jim Ross, I get mm. to hear them both at the same time, and it is beautiful to my ears. Instead of listening to Michael Cole and Corey look at my neck tattoo. Oh, that's the A team in WWE, get, in fairness, get too. Out. Don't get me started on Dio Madden and company. I'm not even going to leave the other uh, guys. Obviously, yeah, the, 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 the worst. This is the thing about the booking, too. When you have – I think the tag team division in AEW is the strongest division by far. Absolutely. It's the most absolutely. compelling. Of AEW. Of AEW. Of both. Yeah, yeah. Of both. Well, I would no, say no, of both. No, no. But, but in, Raw, in Raw and SmackDown, there's no tag team continuity. Nothing makes sense. Nothing. Yeah, the nothing. Viking Raiders, they came out as the Viking experience. They were bad guys <laughs> and they're good guys and they never explained the turn. Now they're friends with Ricochet. Then they won the titles. The tag titles mean nothing in the WWE. Yeah. AEW, it was a tournament where the Young Bucks got upset by a team who couldn't hang with the Lucha Bros. Lucha Bros amazing. attacked SCU. They have this big title match blow-off thing. And now you have a tag team division where everyone's hungry and they're waiting. SCU is waiting to get their hands on the inner circle. You have stories for the next six months just in the tag division. It's perfect. You know it's, I mean? they have instead they of Rudolph. Up. Dolph Ziggler and Bobby okay. Roode. Come on. I'll give you guys a bonus question because I'm enjoying this so much. And for whatever reason, we haven't been kicked out of this chat by the overloads at uh, Zoom. All right. Crown Jewel is tomorrow. Uh, we're releasing this late, you know, the yeah. last minutes of Wednesday. If, and this is obviously a big if, if Cain Velasquez becomes WWE champion, if Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, becomes WWE Universal champion, if... Natalia and Lacey Evans really do have a feel-good match, and that's probably the least likely of the three things I've just said. Uh, if the tag team, whatever the hell that thing is, is relatively good, maybe the AOP show up and they're the 10th team in that. If maybe the U.S. title, and I'm, I'm being very optimistic here, if Humberto Carrillo wins the 20-man battle royal and defeats AJ Styles to become mm -hmm. U.S. champion, I, we know Cesaro is not going to win. I'm not going to give you that if. That's Absolutely not. Oh, like, of all that. the crazy things that could happen, the one thing we know for sure is Cesaro will lose to the amateur from Saudi Arabia. Yeah, he ain't won a match in like a year. Look, they, they don't have a lot of brown guys who win. I'm just going to take that one. <laughs> but <laughs> if all that other stuff happens, uh, and I, 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 I hate to say it, I don't give WWE enough credit that any of that will yeah. happen. Doesn't yeah. the product overall, the whole vibe of the company, could it all – Change in Saudi Arabia no. tomorrow? No, 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 no. No, nothing happens yeah, in Saudi all, Arabia. All of that happens. I know that's a ridiculous scenario. First yeah. of all, you have rose-colored glasses looking through a pink windshield, brother. I yeah. don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. First of all, they could have pulled the trigger on the fiend and hell in the cell. They had him get hit in the sledge with a sledgehammer to the face for 45 minutes, and he lost by a ref stoppage in a no-disqualification match. So but dumb. Not to Cain Velasquez hasn't had a WWE match yet. So literally, you're burying everybody on the roster by giving this guy a belt that, oh, he, oh, he beat Brett Lesnar 10 years ago. So yeah. why is no, Tyson Fury there? Jeez. Why is yeah, he in Saudi Arabia? I forgot about you know Tyson I mean? Fury, questions. to be honest. So, yeah. But no, but here's the thing. You know what I mean? So they're there for money, and then uh, I'm supposed to congratulate them. Oh, they have a women's match. So they're going to be there in the swimsuits that cover every inch of their body because they don't want these people to lose their mind. Because the well, Natalia already does that, in fairness. Right, but it's, I, 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 I would put money down that her, uh, her outfit's going to be less see-through. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I'm being facetious. You know what I'm talking about? Look, so, I, I just want to say this to any Saudi princess. Is, like, if all these things happen, what, what, is the, what has the WWE done in terms of track record to make oh, I, I have no. I, I think it's 1%, tomorrow. and I'm rounding that up from zero. Let that's, me just say this. If the Saudi <laughs> Sports fine. Authority is listening, at, go ahead. Yeah. 
the Saudi Sports Authority. No, I was going to say, I, if they're I listening, they I'll go. With the Saudi government, Listen, we don't know about You can buy my morals. I'll be really cheap. I'm just going to say, and I'm brown. That's why this, you know, po- this podcast is just here to get Bilal backstage to a lot of stuff. Look, That's but, amazing. You know, you know, they've been more comfortable with me, though, than Renee Even Young, if all those things saying. happen. <laughs> Even if all these things happen that you listed, and that's like 12 conditions, which I don't think will yeah. ever happen. Yeah, no, you're right. But that still doesn't fix their long-term problems. They don't create new stars. Yep. They don't know what a good guy is anymore. They, they yep. don't have compelling faces. They don't have heels nope. that you want to see get their comeuppance. So the mm-hmm. thing that AEW has, I really want to see Chris Jericho get his face caved in. I really want to see Sammy Guevara get beat by some guy. I yep. really want to see MJF get his head beat up. I really want Sean Spears to get beat by Cody. You know what I mean? You have. I really want to see the tag team of Dustin Rhodes and Sunny Kiss, Sunny Kiss. Oh, become a weird. thing. They had great so matching good. outfits. It was amazing. I loved it. The black and red, baby. I'm all about. Yeah, it. Oh my god. You know what I mean? It's, it's so a product guys, for us. Yeah, and the thing is, these guys actually are committed to telling a story, even on the longer term. WWE yeah. never commits to anything. Braun nope. Strowman felt special. They didn't do anything with him. He's a guy. The only guy who feels uh, special now are these UFC guys they parade out. You have Brock, yeah. you have Payne, you have Ronda Rousey when she was here for a year. Mm-hmm. And then anyone else on the roster just feels like it's the same stuff over and over again. Exactly. So AEW has a freshness and an interest that's really different and very exciting. So yeah, you can, you can, you can be upset about oh, this picture-in-picture uh, picture and this replay and whatever. No, 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 no. I'll take it. I'll take it because I know I'm going to get some cool payoffs. I'm going to get some big moments. Look at Darby Allen with his hands behind his back fighting for his life. That's compelling. And they didn't have to have him bang anyone's wife. Or they didn't have to have an overproduced thing where they saw, run him like uh, Ali, like the streets of Chicago when he's talking about used to being a cop or some garbage. They just had a guy says, I don't care about my body. I'm out of my mind. I'm going to fight this man because this is the only chance I might ever get. Well, and I said this to Ali at Somerset. I'm like, you know, if you if you were born in Canada, that backstory wouldn't work. And then he we started to joke. He's like, yeah, maybe I would be getting jaywalkers, and you know. <laughs> so that was purely a product of being born in Chicago and them running with a stereotype narrative and making a whole character out of it. So now nah, I think even Ali knows that. Um, boys, this has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, you guys plug yourselves. I do a lousy job of this. Lawrence, lead the way. Yes, sir. You can find me on Instagram. L-U-L-L-Y-514. Search me on Facebook. I'm sure Bilal's going to tag me so you can uh, leave oh, a yeah. comment on how recent I washed him tonight. And uh, if uh, any listeners uh, this gets dropped for, November 6th in Montreal, I'm going to be at the Oscar Peterson Music Hall. Uh, buy some tickets. Come see me. Support local comedy. Thank Reese, mm-hmm. kick it up. Yes, sir. You can find me on Instagram at R-E underscore Reese T. Or find me on Facebook, Reese Turner. You know, uh, November 9th, uh, I have my studio sesh show, one of my long-running cannabis-friendly comedy shows that are always a great time. Uh, you guys come check that out if you're in the city. Uh, and yeah, follow my exploits on Instagram, baby. Boys, an absolute pleasure. I, I know we're, we're, we're never going to – none of us are going to change our minds because we're wrestling fans. Uh, and we're going to have to do this again then. Yeah, no, we'll have, to, we'll have to check in from time to time. And uh, I may have to bring my boy Wes and, uh, you know, make this a tag team, uh, even more up, mess baby. of us talking yeah, yeah. over each other and not changing our minds. And uh, that's a <laughs> crap ton of fun. I almost swore right at the end of it. And uh, once again, you can find me at Bilalby87 on Twitter. But follow these guys. I always plug that crap. Uh, boys, thank you very much. And uh, I, I honestly admire how much you guys like AEW. 
I wish I could just look at it and, and not chirp it, but I'm in too deep now. Well, next time I see it, you get a knife edge chop. Oh, dear Woo! God. I, I already uh, told Tommy Dreamer not to do that to me, so I'm going to run from you. <laughs> and Eddie Edwards, too, actually. Um, oh, he chops hard, bro. Oh, yeah, no, no. When he wound up, I was just, that was my life flash before my eyes. And I, even though I knew he wasn't going to do it. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, <laughs> Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.